0: You're now tuned in to Lifesong Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to accurately studying the Word of God in a comprehensive and biblical manner. Listen in as hosts Phil Ramsey, Blake Shankel, and Tom Hammond dig into the Word line by line, verse by verse, leaving no stone unturned. Grab your Bible and your notebook, and get prepared to study the living, breathing, active Word of God. Now. Here are your hosts of Life Song Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Life Song Radio. My name is Blake Shankel, and along with me today is Mr. Philip Ramsey. Philip Dean Ramsey. What's up, dude? Philip Dean the Roast Beef King.
2: <laughs> I had several names growing up, and can, that was one of them. Can you
1: name some others? Slow Motion. Slow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we, uh, That's good. Yeah, back in the day, you know, skating was a pretty big deal. Yeah. You remember I do. Roller Rink? Loved it. Was there it was open? I think it was open seven days a week. I was there five days a week. Yeah, literally, <laughs> live over there, and uh, so my nickname was Slow Motion. And I had it on my skates, you know, my Zinger wheels. There, Slow Motion.
1: So here's the thing for the for the millennials sitting in the crowd today, we don't understand a word you said. <laughs> I don't. I remember Rollies when it was a bowling alley. Yeah. I don't remember at all when it was a skating ring. So you don't, don't? No, it was before me. The, the, it had Good turned into a boat gracious. I know I know Now I could have been young When it switched over But but yeah for the millennials Now for the older people They get every term you use What was that term you Shoot used? Shoot the duck I, Do you know what that means? No I don't have a clue Okay
2: Said, a lot of people will who live in this here I, shoot the duck. Stan Bell K ninety seven. Oh, I
1: remember scan, you know Stan, Stan Bell. Bell. I know Stan Bell. Yeah, it's the <laughs> roll call. <laughs> no, see, okay, we have a national audience, so we yeah, have to kind of bring yeah, this in. But yeah. look, let let's make this nationally. Huh. You said a word in there. Your roller skate. What is what you said? Something. Your, it was. You had your lettering in your what? No, on my roller skates on the side, I had painted uh-huh. my nickname,
2: which was slow motion.
1: But you had you said some other zinger wheels. Yeah, what's that? Just a a style of wheel if you were cool you had them if you didn't you had oh. to you had to
2: go to the rentals
1: oh my goodness now i, I grew up with uh rollerblades so i don't yeah. have i don't know what sk- i, I yeah. never wore, wore skates
2: yeah. yeah i went skating uh probably i'm gonna say six now like i said i skated forever i wasn't bad i'm just gonna tell you <laughs> I do have a little rhythm, and that does, do. that does transfer from the dance floor to the skating rink, <laughs> so I could do 360s. and So anyway. You I,
1: guys have probably seen Phil in his photos. You're like, that guy's got rhythm. He does. Do it is, have rhythm. It's surprising. i a little overweight, but I can dance. <laughs> it really is surprising. But look here. I'm going to segue into this. Let's skate on end okay, to Romans good. 11, okay? We better do that. <laughs> you like that transition. Uh, now, uh, we, we don't have Tom here tonight, so uh, he is... Uh, he had some other plans. He had to go and do so. It's, it's Philip, Philip Dean, and I, and uh, we're back in Romans chapter eleven, and we've been thoroughly blessed with this. And I, I think we just got a few more episodes, and we're going to be back into Romans twelve. We're going to get Romans twelve, but yeah. we're really kind of breaking this down here. We really this what what does is all Israel uh, will be saved mean? And you can go back last week, and I, I ask you to go back. This is kind of a two part Phil. Yeah. You know, last week you weren't here. Now you get to. Tom's not here, so I'm the kind of the the uh, yeah. uh, common denominator. So I'm gonna Good. try to hold this show together. Okay? I think you can do it. All right, we'll try. It's but a pretty big just start. Uh, I want to recap really quickly. First of all, let me read the scripture because that's what we do. We stand on scripture. We want to see what scripture says. So uh, I'm gonna read it. Romans chapter eleven. Uh, I'm just gonna read verse twenty five, and then I'm probably gonna go through twenty seven. But uh, we're only gonna focus on that very tidbit of twenty six. Uh, For I do not want you, brethren, to be uninformed of this mystery, so that you will not be wise in your own estimation, that a partial hardening has happened to Israel and to the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. Verse 26, And so all Israel will be saved. Just as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. Verse 27, This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. And uh, really, where we focused on last week, Phil, And I know you listened in and heard every word intently. But what we focused on was, was this all Israel, so all Israel will be saved. And that kind of just had us um, stop for a little bit and kind of just survey the landscape, if you will. Uh, Because it's such a big uh, doctrine, really. It's kind of a, uh, there's a lot of questions, a lot of different viewpoints on on Israel, we've talked about these things. I'm not going to go over them tonight, really. But yet, yet, who is the Israel? Is Israel has has Israel been replaced by the Church? Uh, or is that this is has Israel been spiritualized throughout the years? Is the Old Testament spiritualized? Uh, now the New Testament reinterprets the Old Testament. A lot of different viewpoints in how we can see these things. But yet we hold to a little hermeneutic here on our life song. And so we went over this with Tom last week, and we kind of just broke down, feel what. What did this mean? And there was four questions, really three questions that come to mind if we look at this. Just this text right here, if we just ask the questions. And one of them, the first question we ask was, what does all Israel mean? And, and we, we described that. We, we described that last week, that there, there's two different contexts. There's a national Israel the, the national ethnic Israel that we see that receives the blessings from God in the old testament and and we feel continues on uh there's the spiritual israel as well that that uh which you you call it a lot of times the children of promise yeah right yeah yeah that's what
2: yeah and i struggle with that all Israel and i always go back to and if i take uh going back to the at the end of eight and going through 9 10 11 uh and I, and i get hung up if that drive them crazy. I get hung up on this? words. No, oh <laughs> When we say all Israel, you know, my mind just automatically, and I, and I think I was telling you about this talking about America. Mm-hmm. You know America, if you, if you there are so many Americans, legal Americans. And when I say all America, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Every single person who is a legal citizen of America is an American. And so when we say all of Israel, do do we apply that same thing? Every single Jew is considered to be all Israel, just like all Americans are, mm-hmm. you know. So yes and no. Yeah. Yes and no, I would say. Yeah. Because yeah. we got scripture that says not all of Israel or, or is Israel, but also we see that there's going to be a purging also right. of some Israelites that aren't. That yeah. they don't have a new heart.
1: Yeah, there's, and we don't know how many that's going to be. But yet, we also, been in this context, in this Romans eleven context, we've we've realized that this Paul's talking nationally. Israel. We've talked about that context. He's calling over Israel, Israel. This is this national ethnic Israel. It's is not the spiritualization of Israel or the spiritual Israel, He's because he's he's contrasted with Gentiles. So we know there's this contrast here. And so uh, we, we demonstrated that last week, right, that we feel like this passage demonstrates a distinct contrast between Israel and saved Gentiles. And in the, in the chapter... Demonstrates a contrast between natural and wild branches, and going back to your point, there is as we all Israel, what we anticipate and what we see is is that yeah, there's going to be a there's going to be this turning of Israel in the end times, where it looks as if all of Israel has been saved, and it's going to be to the Jews once the Gentiles have become into the fullness. But you know what? I was just
2: thinking today that's not Israel coming to God is not the mystery. That's right. You think about that. We hear about this mystery. The Old Testament Isaiah Mm -hmm. and many more talks Mm -hmm. about how God's going to remove sin from Jacob. From from, so again, I've said this a lot. If you were in the time of Paul and you've read Isaiah, you know that Israel, that God's going to save Israel, but yet most of Israel is not believing. There seems to be some problems. Mm -hmm. So the mystery is, I believe, is the hardening of. Of most of Israel, right? Not that God's not going to save Israel. Bible says that right. the Israelites know, yeah, that they're, they're going to be saved. Clinging but to it. but there's some issues. Yeah, here. there's a partial hardening,
1: is yeah. what he says. And so, but here here's here's Paul getting to it. He said "I'm not, I'm not. God's not done with this. The, no, he's not nullified his promises." And so that was a question we asked last week. No, a second question we asked is, "When is all Israel saved?" Well, we went over that, and and it's going to be a future. Uh, we feel like it, it comes at the at occurs at the second coming in. Of the seven-year trio just prior to millennial kingdom—that's kind of the way we see it here, and that can um, we can back that up with scripture. And, and I'm, I'm well aware that others may have a different view there, and I'm willing to, you know, um, yeah. Will, there, like I said, there,
2: there's a lot of views on that. Um, yeah.
1: But we know it's coming. It is we coming. We know it's coming. He's, he's speaking that all Israel will be saved. So there's a past, I mean, there's a futuristic look to that. And that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that, I agree. Well, so. and, and we're going to explain that today here a little bit too, why. But uh, number three was, what will all Israel's salvation look like? And we went through this field was a, there's a judgment uh, Ezekiel twenty talks about this. There was a mourning. There's going to be a mourning here. This Zechariah twelve, um, um, and then there's an illumination, which we talked about. Hey, this, this and this almost mimics how we come to Christ as well. There's a mourning over our sins, right? There's an illumination of our sins. And Isaiah fifty three, you this is a you you taught me this a while back. Just kind of reading that. You always say, hey, who I who is Isaiah fifty three written to, Phil? It's written to uh, Jews. When did they realize this? Because well, we use this a lot yeah. as Gentiles, right? Yeah. And it is a beautiful verse, but yet,
2: yeah, it's it's a, it's a prophet. Isaiah's prophetic book looking to the future, but yet it's written in past tense. So this is Jews looking back on the Messiah, yeah. the one they pierced.
1: Yeah. So there's this there's this illumination that oh my goodness we pierced him right we we're the ones who killed him and then there's this transformation. And that's kind of what brought us to this week. I almost ended with it last week in this in Ezekiel passage, but this brings us to this final point here, Phil, of this transformation. And I think this is kind of, this flows into this final point, is, is, uh, is why will God save all of Israel? This fourth question, why will God save all of Israel? Why is it so important, right? Why is that? Well, I would make the case, and I'm sure Tom would too if he's here, I don't want to speak out of turn, but yet... It's because the Bible has said so. It's because the Old Testament has prophesied this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let me just read this scripture here real quick. This this is a, this is kind of a sample of just one of the Old Testament prophecies that causes us to believe that there must be a future salvation to the nation of Israel. Ezekiel chapter thirty-six, verse twenty-two. And we read this last week, and we ended on it. But Tom, he he was like, "That's a great cliffhanger." So uh, here's here we're going to pick up from where we left off last week, verse thirty or chapter thirty-six, verse twenty-two of Ezekiel. Therefore, say To the house of Israel, this God speaking to Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations where you went. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God. When I have proved myself holy among you in their sight, for I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and I will bring you into your own land. This is God. This is a, this is a, this is a nation who is in exile. exile. Mm-hmm. Phil, this is a nation. As I read through Jeremiah and Isaiah, I, this is a nation who hates God. It's to the point where he goes to Jeremiah, find me one person, right? They want to kill, they want to kill Jeremiah, they want to kill Ezekiel, they want to kill the prophets, they want to kill the people who speak for the Lord. This is a people who have become apostate, who hate the Lord, and this is what God's saying to them. He says, it it, it just blows my mind, he still has long-suffering and grace, right? And he says, declares the Lord, uh, I'm going to prove myself holy among their sight. For I'm going to take you away from the nations. I'm going to gather you back into the lands, and I'm going to bring you into the land. And 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 here's this. There's this promise field of land, which we tie back to what covenant? What was the covenant that promised the land? You tell me. Yeah, the Abrahamic. <laughs> <laughs> the Abrahamic. We've been yep, learning yep, that. We've been talking yeah. that. before we got. Well, on the there. Abrahamic, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it promises this. But let me. I don't want to just stop right there because here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I talked about this. When, in, under the Old Covenant, the Mosaic Covenant, right, the, the land, bringing back into the land, What, what did, the people, they were given commands, they were given laws, but yet they couldn't obey them mm-hmm. at all. And God kicked them out of the land, why? Because they couldn't obey them. It, it's almost not a great promise at this point. They're, it's almost saying... Man, I don't know if I want to go back to that land or God or not, God, because I can't obey your commands. Yeah. But let me let me keep reading here, Phil. It, it, he doesn't stop there in in, in Isaiah thirty six. I, I,
2: I love what you said, though. Let me just read. Yeah, read this. In the same way with us today, why why are we saved? Mm-hmm. Same reason uh, God's going to save Israel. Look, thus says the Lord: It's not for your sake, Blake, yeah. that I'm going to save you. It's because I. I want to. Yeah.
1: Isn't that just, Yeah, and that goes to so much other Yeah. Uh, stuff, but it's for his glory. Yeah. That's what it all comes down to. You know, we may not get the whole picture of all this, but if we read the Bible in its entirety and this redemption of God's people, and we're included in it as part of God's people, as the church, I mean, what a great blessing. But yet we see this, and who gets all the glory in all this? God gets yeah. all of it. Let, me read, it. let me read Ezekiel 36, verse 25. Then I will sprinkle, here's, here's the difference than just coming back to the land. Then I, God, will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Who's the actor? Yeah, God. Okay. Keep mm-hmm. going. Moreover, moreover, additionally, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Hmm. I will put my spirit within you. And I'll cause you to walk in my statutes. Hey, they couldn't walk in a statue before, right? Mm. They First of all, they didn't, probably didn't want to. They didn't want to because their their hearts were darkened, but yet they couldn't. Now he says, I'm going to put my spirit in you. This is totally different. This is out of the realm. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. Mm. Feel this 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 is what we call, the Bible calls the new covenant. Right. This, this brings us into this new covenant. This is why will God save all of Israel? It's because he's promised it. Yeah. Not only here. Let me let me go to Jeremiah thirty-one, which is probably the. This is what Hebrews eight quotes. <clears throat> the writer of Hebrews quotes this in chapter eight, in 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 verse uh, verse uh, nine, eight and nine. He quotes this, and he he pulls back to this old covenant here, or this new covenant that that's given. And let me let me read as uh, Jeremiah. Do you, do you I, have that? Phil? I'll yeah, let you read that. I'll
2: read uh, thirty-one uh-huh. verse 30, uh, 31. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. That's interesting right there. Mm-hmm. It is. You want to you well, knock that out? Right well,
1: well, no, you
2: read all that, and I want to come back to the facts of the new covenant. Okay. When I make a new covenant with who? With the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. That's not us, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not like the covenant I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law with I will put my law within them and on their heart. I will write it and I will be their God and they shall be my people. They will not teach again. Each each man, his neighbor and each man, his brother saying, Know the Lord, for they will. All know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember Mm. no more. Wow.
1: Man, in my Bible, I've got my and I circled everywhere because Mm. this is a doing of God. This is his. This is God's sovereignty at play. This is his glory at play. That way, man can not get any glory. But look here, this this new new covenant. I know where you're going at the, at the beginning of it. Let's kind of just break this down. This new covenant, because it may be new, this new understanding to people what paul what this means. And, and and I will tie it back into Romans 11 here. But I want to I want to kind of just break it down a little bit. who to whom was the new covenant written? Same same people the old covenant was written to. Yeah, the, the Jews, national yeah. Israel, right? Yeah. Because why? I mean, well, you said it. You stopped on it. it. It is to the house of who? Judah and Israel, Israel, right? The two. You had the twelve tribes of Israel. You had the two tribes of Judah. It, it, he's saying, and basically, he's saying to all of Israel, right? This is to you. And, and in fact, let me give you five facts of the new covenant. The promises were given to the national Israel. We see that house of Israel, house of Judah these promises are connected to God's fulfillment of his other covenants. Mm. All right? They they're connected. This Jeremiah 31 is a reiteration of the terms of we already talked about it, the Abrahamic covenant, yeah. and it's also of the Davidic covenant. We you talked about this. This is this is how those are fulfilled. Right. Right? How does the Abrahamic covenant get fulfilled through the new covenant, Davidic covenant and uh, as well as the Davidic covenant? And and we call those everlasting unconditional covenants, right. whereas the Mosaic covenant, the old covenant, was Condition. conditional yeah. based upon Israel, you obey, and I'll bless you. You disobey, I'll I'll curse yes. you, yeah. and we see that cursing, right? We see what happened. But the Abrahamic covenant is one of those where God cut with himself. Yeah. The Vic covenant, I cut it with myself. And so, the, and here's the third one. The New Testament quotation of Jeremiah 31, which is in Hebrews 8, does not change, reinterpret, or spiritualize those promises any any way. He doesn't do any of that. He doesn't reinterpret it. He doesn't spiritualize it. That, that the Hebrew author, which we I believe would probably be Paul, but verse four, I mean number four, there is no hint that these promises are conditional in Jeremiah thirty one or Hebrew eight or Abrahamic covenant or the Davidic covenant. Right? We already talked about. It. There's not there, There's no hint even that that it's based upon Israel. If you do this, then I'm going to do this. This is everything God's going to do based on everything Israel doesn't do or does do. In fact, they've done nothing to deserve any of this. That's the crazy thing. And the fifth, the fact of the New Covenant is we undoubtedly participate. This is this is key. This is, I think, is where we get it wrong. Some, we undoubtedly participate in the New Covenant in some way. And we, meaning the church, yeah. the Christians today, right? Because some would say is that when God's given this promise to Israel in Jeremiah 31 that he's that he really doesn't mean Judah or Israel he's meaning you can insert the church there there's some would say that and i and i have i take great uh, offense to that because that changes your hermeneutic of how you read the bible why read the church into that when you don't read it anywhere else right we, I, I don't i think that's that that does great Disservice to God's word, and and so th- this is this we are. But but though this is not written written to the church, this is written to Israel. Yet you know what? We partake in some of these blessings. We get some of this. This is there's a uh, uh, there. We 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 get some of the blessings. First of all, salvific. We receive some of this, and we're going to talk about that. But then there's eschat- eschatological issues as well, end time issues that are that are a part of this as well. But you know, those are those are kind of the facts, but but Phil, I want to look real quick at these promises of the new covenant because this ties into what Paul's talking here in Romans chapter eleven. Uh, there, there, are there's three promises, and really, uh, if you think about it, there's really three categories of these promises because there's numerous promises that roll up under these categories, but these are kind of the three main headings here, and and and. Uh, what, what what we need to look here is is um, this first one here, I want to look at it here. My law within them will be with, excuse me, let me let me read that right here. I will put my law within them on their heart, I will write it, and I will be their God, and they should be my people. Hmm. firstly, this this my law. here's this <clears throat> there's this internal law that's going to happen. And he's again, he's speaking to the Israelites. What kind of law had they had up till now? israelites
2: well it started with 10 10 laws written on stone and of course expanded from that and it was all it was is external it was obey like you said earlier obey bless disobey curse so it was an external law this law here is an internal law written on the heart so,
1: well the, well the old testament or the old covenant could never provide the desire and the ability ability to obey right we see that it couldn't it couldn't desi- it couldn't provide that desire why because their heart was jacked up mm-hmm. there was no way to to th- 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 their hearts were were, were not uh, pierced they didn't want to obey and yet they didn't even have the desire to obey and they couldn't obey they didn't have the ability to do that but what we see here now is is what God's saying is, is I'm gonna well, the, the law in the Old Covenant was etched on a stone. Right? Man etched on a stone. Hey, where was it placed? It was placed in the Ark of the Covenant. We see that. We see that it was placed in there. But yet, now God is saying, I'm going to etch it upon your heart. This internal law, this internal law of God, it's going to be written on your heart. And by the Spirit, by His work of regeneration, He comes to dwell within the heart of God's people, causing their eyes to be open, causing them to be born again to a living hope, to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, giving them a new life, dwelling within them, with us. He, He says, I write my law upon our hearts, and now we have an internal compulsion. What was once external is now etched upon our hearts, and now there's this internal compulsion. Where Israel could not obey, which what kicked them out of the land to begin with, God says, I'm going to bring you back and I'm going to do this and I'm going to etch this upon your heart. Yeah. You're going to have an internal compulsion. And we we look at that as as believers today. That's what God's done in our hearts. Yeah. He's, he's, he is, he has regenerated us. Um, we've been born again. And now, Phil, before you were uh BC, before you came to Christ, what you didn't wanna. You didn't want nothing to do with the Word of God, did you? I did not at you, all. You, you were you were at enmity with God, but now you've been born again. I you've... thought I was a good person, and
2: then God God should accept me based on my goodness. I would say that the those uh, Israelites they may have externally said they want God, but they were going down a wider road of works righteousness yeah. and and not this road by faith, you know. So,
1: well, and and that's that's just it. The the new covenant it it really. It really demands obedience. We're still demanded to obey Christ. You know, it doesn't save us, but yet here's the thing: when you're born again, now you can obey. Yeah, you can't obey a God apart. We've already been there. Yeah, you can't
2: obey God apart from His Spirit being in you. Outside of that, everything that you mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. goes into the sin category. That's right. So, part of apart from regeneration being made alive in Christ. You can't do what God tells you to do. But once you have His Spirit, now you can obey God.
1: Absolutely. And that's, that's the thing. And now we say, we've already talked about this, There's it's direction, not perfection. Right. We know we're not going to be perfected in that right now, but there's coming a time in glorification, and I've got to rock and roll. How's it going to be fulfilled, though? That's, a, that's, that's the key. How does that fulfill? It's fulfilled in us right now as Christians. Right? We're partaking in some of that blessing, but yet it's also fulfilled later in Israel as well. This is what God's speaking, and in particular in context— This is what's going to happen when all Israel is going to be saved, right? This is what we're going to see is a picture of this, of what we see now. This is what's going to happen to those Jews during the tribulation period is which they are saved. They are regenerated, and they come to know the Lord. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. The the indwelling of the Spirit of God. It says, "Just
2: and he's, he's quoting the Old Testament, by the way, just as it is written, the deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. Now, we're looking at uh, Isaiah here. Is Jesus on the scene at this point? No. No, he's not. Mm-mm. So, And if we go back and now we look at, uh, I mean, we, well, here, let's, let me just read that yep. real quick. This is Isaiah, a quote from Isaiah 5920. That was uh, Romans there. So a redeemer, oh, here's a difference. We talked about this a few minutes ago. Here in Isaiah, we see the word redeemer. and In Romans, we see a different word. We see a deliverer, and there's a difference. There's a meaning for a purpose for that a redeemer will come to zion to to those who turn from transgression in jacob now i I would call that a little human responsibility of course you can't do anything apart from god but yet uh we see there is a turning uh here declares the lord verse 21 "As for me this is my covenant with them who is them Israel okay this is my covenant with them says the Lord my spirit which is upon you and my words which I've put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth nor from the mouth of your offspring nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring says the Lord hmm. from now and forever so uh, this is something he's going to do and I'll say I'll say this and I was telling Blake before we started when when was the new covenant? Yeah, you know, we're looking this this here. I believe is is more at the end of time, and you know, as yes. far as the before the second coming, when was the 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 uh, new covenant made with the house of Israel? Was it right before the second coming, or was it prior to that? Yeah, it was prior to the Absolutely. second coming.
1: It was it was well, we could say it was even being made here. He's actually speaking yeah. of it here, but yet I think it was constituted or started really yeah. is probably when Christ. Yeah, entered upon the earth Absolutely, because he's the one who uh, he fulfills the new covenant right right he's the one he's the reason why you can have these things and in fact let, let me talk about that for just a second look here paul first of all second of all we got much time don't have much time but i want to talk about this just about real quick three minutes. yeah there there is a i want you to see the the second there's there's three things three promises the second was an intimate knowledge of god there's this intimate knowledge of God. And, I, and, and he says, I will write it and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Look here. This is to a people who who are exiled. Mm-hmm. They don't look no more like God's people than than Jesus himself. They they have nothing to do with God. He says, I'm gonna be their God and they are gonna be my people. We've heard that language before. Yeah. They I'm gonna make a people who were not my people at one time. Mm-hmm. And he's saying there's going to be an intimate knowledge of God. And that's, what, that's what's going to happen. You and I, guess what? We have an intimate knowledge of God. We have this knowledge. Why? Because we have the Holy Spirit living within us. There's going to come a time when it happens to Israel as well. And look here, this last thing, and this goes with Paul. You've already read it, Phil. But Paul, he wants to see, he's showing us the sovereignty of God. But I think he also wants to show us God's integrity as well. Look here, because it's in saving Israel, It's so important. God reveals himself to be a God who keeps his promises. He's a promise-keeping God. Hebrews 10, 27 says he's faithful to those who he's promised. Those promises given to us in Jeremiah 31, we've talked about that, Isaiah 62, Ezekiel 36, and so forth. These promises, here's the thing, they've been given to a people that have not been canceled. And here's what Paul does. He draws back to the Old Testament. And you've already read it. He says, and so all Israel will be saved just as it is written, just as what is it's written. It's been written, you guys, to the Gentiles at Roman church. It's been written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will remove ungodliness from Jacob. This is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. This is the covenant. Paul is pulling back to the new covenant. He's saying this deliverer of Zion. Do what? Their there's sins, look here at the final thing of the new covenant field, this final third point, complete forgiveness of sins. Look here. He says, they will teach again each man his neighbor, each man his brother, saying, know the Lord, for they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. There's that intimate knowledge of God, declares the Lord, for I here, key, write it down. This is in Jeremiah 31. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin. I will remember no more. Let me tell you something. This is the, forgive, the forgiveness of sins is the hinge upon which all other blessings we enjoy come to us. Because if, we sin, if sin is not paid for and the sin problem is not dealt with, then no other benevolent gifts can be given to us. God can now freely, with Christ, give us all these things. He gives us adoption. He gives us salvation. He gives us eternal life, etc., right? Though it occurs last in the list of promises and blessings, this is the most essential portion of the new covenant. This is what they did not have. They did not have the forgiveness of sins. Thousands of lambs were slain. Every year, we had to be reminded of the national sin, right? At this point, Israel is at its worst in sinning. They were so, they had sinned so much that they were cast away from God's land. They, were, they, they, had, they had brought reproach upon God's name because they weren't even living in the land that he gave them. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a God you serve, Israel, to the nations. And, and, and look here, in context with the New Testament promise and the New Covenant promise, the Jews had broken their covenant with God. They had been exiled. They had been cursed by God. Their monarchy had been destroyed, and the temple was in ruins. They didn't look like a nation. But God says here, he says, this is just great. He says, but I'm going to forgive their iniquity. He says, and their sin I will remember no more. He says, I'm going to forgive it. And we could go into his forgiveness. This, he, 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 God's not a forgetting God, but yet here's what God does. He says, I forgive you're saying, "How's he going to do that?" The deliverer from Zion, mm-hmm. and who is this deliverer? Christ. You know, Phil. This, this, this is this is how all Israel is going to be saved. First of all, God's promised it. Paul says it's going to happen. Just hold up; it's going to happen in a time period. God's going to save, and it's going to look much like your and my salvation. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's going to be even sweeter. Because this is a people who murdered their messiah, who hate God in fact, the majority of them you you, you go to talk to a Jew right now you're not it it it, it is it, literally you have to have the yeah. Holy Spirit to convert them, yeah. which we know that anyways but but that's just a uh hyperbole but yeah out,
2: out of all the people in the in the world who is unlikely to be saved, it would be the people that actually killed Christ. they said, hey, give us Barabbas, kill him." the innocent one, and give us Barabbas. And God's going to save those people, those unbelieving Jews. He's going to do this. He's going to open their eyes, and they're going to see their Messiah.
1: It, it, it had to it, – it, this had to – and I'm going to wrap it up, but this had to just be – this. what a promise God has promised. And he says, I'm going to do this. I'm going to forgive your iniquities, Israel. And here's the thing. He does the same thing for us to do it today as well. As Christians, as those maybe listening today, he says, and here's the thing. He, he, if you are inside of Christ, he's forgiven your iniquities. And, get, and
2: remembers them no more. No more. Isn't, that, isn't that, that awesome?
1: It's beautiful. It's beautiful. No more condemnation. No more condemnation. It's been placed upon Christ. Here, but, but one thing if you're not in Christ today, he remembers every last. One yeah. of them. And they're written down in a bunch of books. And, and, and on the day of judgment, you will be pulled before yeah. God. You will be pulled before the throne. And that book will be opened. And every sin that you have even forgotten, he's going to reveal it to yeah. you. The sins that you
2: committed that you didn't yeah. even know it was sin is written in a book. He opens the book. And it's going to be a, a bunch of books. And he's going to every, every thought everything you should have done and didn't do exactly everything is written down and and it's not paid for and that's why we have hell is because you will go to hell for eternity the wages of sin is not only physical death but it's it's a spiritual separation from god forever and ever and ever and ever but for those who put their trust in christ their sins have been placed on christ and he has paid for those sins. He has redeemed his people. Yeah. And so the question would be, to our, our our view, our listeners and viewers, is is that you have you trusted Christ with your life? Yeah. Have you committed? Have you have your eyes been open? Have you seen the Messiah? Have you trusted him? Are you hmm. following him in obedience? Hmm. That's what you need to ask yourself. Yeah.
1: Has your heart been turned from a yeah. heart of stone to yeah. a heart of flesh? Yeah. A lot of questions to be asked there, but I, I believe there's a future salvation for Israel. Well, we know it is. There is, there is a future. And guess what? There is a the day is the day of salvation for you today as well. As God is, is faithful to save Israel, he is just as faithful to save you today. If yeah. you will cry upon his name, mm-hmm. call out for him. Next week, Phil, we're going to talk a little bit more about this. I think we're moving on, but this this we've, we've talked about the covenants, the the sins. We're going to talk about these enemies for God's sake. We're going to talk about His choice, His eternal choice, right? His election, how God chooses for His sake, for His glory. So we hope that you come back next week and join us as we continue this road down Romans 11, the Roman road, if you will. Chapter
2: 12's coming, so yeah. just just yeah. hang
1: in there. Yeah, yeah we're getting there. <laughs> we're ready to get there too. Yeah, we're yeah. going to be able to apply this as well. Hopefully apply this as well today, but thank you again for joining us. Uh, go to the Christian Podcast community. Go check it out. Let me point you real quick. Jim Jim Osmond, go to his check his out as a for a great a better teaching than I was able to teach today on this Hebrews chapter 8 and this uh, Jeremiah. He has a wonderful uh, uh, just sermon series on the New Covenant, and he has, he, has, he has knocked it out of the park. That's where I got a lot of my learning and my teaching from as well. But uh, go to that, but visit us on Lifesongradio.com, or if you can go to Lifesongradio, Phil keeps us up to date on Facebook, so you can interact with him. You can also interact with us on our email. I check you at Lifesongradio01 at gmail.com. Lifesongradio01 gmail, 01 at gmail.com. You got anything else, Phil? That's it. Let's wrap it up. We'll see you next week on another episode of Lifesong Radio.
0: You've been listening to Lifesong Radio. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to continue to study throughout the week, check out the resources available on our website at lifesongradio.com. See you next week for another episode of Lifesong Radio.